basically saying, you know, I wrote my first book, which is called Life, Life, I Command You. And I was talking about the the the, the mechanism, you know, this, of the subconscious in and of itself and how it basically takes the plans and the beliefs that you receive and drops it down. You know, once it takes them, it grabs it like, OK, it's like you on a conscious level, you are creating blueprints, you know. You're like the architect of what's taking place. And once that stuff drops down, once you accept, hey, this is how it is and this is the direction we're going, it's like you're crafting out a blueprint that's been sent down into your belief system. And it's going to operate off those blueprints. Now, it ain't going to just automatically shift those blueprints just because you see danger ahead for, through your conscious, through your, your eyes, your conscious vis- uh, vision, what have you. So as you're seeing danger, it's like, OK, yeah, I see danger and I need to be doing something different. I don't need to be going down that road. But there's already been a blueprint that's been passed on and construction has already taken place and the vehicle is in motion. So, you know, whoa, the emotion, the emotion. Talk to me about that emotion, the vehicle being emotion. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying, wait, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me stop. Let me stop. Stop. Let's, let's record this, brother. Let's record this. <laughs> what we doing though? What, what is the title? Give me a title. Bro, I, I, I don't, I, I don't necessarily have a title for you, quite honestly, because I was, I came prepared to just follow whatever you, direction you wanted to flow with. <laughs> 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 Literally, I came to fl- follow whatever direction you wanted to flow with. But I mean, what's mostly in, in my spirit, you know, because of what I do, I'm, like I said, even though I never considered myself a spiritualist or a person that, you know, that, 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 that teaches it, you know, I, I learned some truths. Like I said, when the, the truths show up, the facts don't matter. And so I started learning some truth that started overriding the facts that I was seeing around me and the beliefs that I had as a result. So I started taking truth and I was saying, okay, I've always believed in separation of church and state. And so I kept all of my religious beliefs and my spiritual side. I left that for the church, you know, and I'd practice it in the privacy and comfort of my home. And I would never, you know, really talk too much about it out publicly. But the deeper I go and the further I go, the people who are doing the most and balling the hardest who aren't scammers. They got to keep, you know, they got scammers, which they, that won't last. It only goes for so long and then they get found out and it's over. But for people who are trying to do it ethically and they're trying to use persuasive influence in an ethical way to communicate their expressions and what have you, those people, they actually are tapping that just a higher version of going within. When you're on the surface, you can, one, one clear way to tell that people are on the surface and they're not tapped in is one of the biggest shifts I saw when I when I really made the right connection was all of the challenges and struggles were based upon a ton of information. I was in research mode and just grabbing as much information as I could from every direction. And I always felt like I needed something else. I, there was just one more thing I was using. I need to learn one more thing. I need just one more piece of information. Or I need somebody to just teach me how to do that. There's one secret that nobody's sharing. They're not telling me about that I know is out there. And when I find it, everything's going to snap and fall in place and everything is going to become easy and I'm going to take off with my business. And that was kind of the belief that I had and a lot of people still have. And the thing is, there is a one thing, you know, and like I said, I refer to it as spiritual resonance, but it's that thing that allows you to take all of that stuff, all of this information and knowledge you've gathered around and, and it allows you to sort it and organize and have it at your fingertips where you can just grab it as needed, when needed. But also it eliminates all of the 
multiplicity of directions and should I do this or should I do that? Should I go that way? Should, should I not? Or should, she loves me, she loves me not type of stuff. You just like, <laughs> you don't really know when you're trying to just look at the surface of what you know intellectually in your common knowledge. And so what I know is mixed beliefs create confusion. And so do we speak to the issue of, of being confused about what direction I go in? Yeah. The thing, one thing about it is that your 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 spirit man, you know, as I refer to, or or God, or the God in you, is not confused. It's your confusion. It's your it's your surface level conscious thinking that that's where the confusion kicks in, and it's in your ability to connect to that inner source where there is no confusion, where you will be delivered to answers. Now, it may not always make conscious sense things that drop in your spirit. But when you get that direction, there is something beyond your scope of ability to think through. And there's some insight that you have inside of your soul that you don't have in your conscious thinking that will guide you. That's why they call it inner guidance, because it knows when you are walking down a path that is going to lead you to a dead end or cause some pain. And the thing is, people have to learn to let go And they also have to learn to detach. And there's a difference between letting go and detaching. You know, I've heard all my life, let go and let God. You know, that's one of the sayings in my my background. And the thing about letting go is a matter of letting go of your emotional attachment to what's it's about it's a matter of trusting, you know, connecting with the inner self, knowing that it has your best interest at heart, and it's going to look for ways to achieve your higher good to the degree that you have the capacity to have faith in it and believe in it and be willing to listen to its suggestions when it drops it into your conscious thinking. And the more that you are tapping into that, the more you will recognize. So some, you know, first, when you're starting out and you're you're, you're testing and trying to understand, you know, you're going to try some things that you feel like, you know, okay, well, this is my, my inner guidance guiding me. And and, and you may have, you may have missed the mark, and it's possible to miss the mark because it's a muscle. It's just like you build up anything. You don't become a like when I started playing the piano. Like you know, when I started playing, and I was over here, and I, I might have started with. But as I got understanding, and I met Mark, it became. So it's certain levels of understanding that take place. Mm. You have to understand there are levels. There's crawl levels and there's or jog levels and there's straight out running and sprinting levels. And is that so? So wait, <laughs> let me just pause for a second with the is that so moment. Mm-hmm. This is where, again, some oftentimes people run into blocks because in relationships and in connections, and I'm not just talking about romantic, I'm talking about mainly platonic relationships is because people be saying the same words, but have read from different dictionaries. And so just now what you're saying, you're using a lot of the same similar words that I'm using, and we definitely have read from the same dictionary. But what I call what you described is understanding. Understanding is when you take your understanding with your gained insights 
that you've gotten over the years through experience and then you integrate that into a daily practice. That's when you know you understand because there are levels of knowingness and you can't just stay on this. Just like there's layers of the earth's crust, there are layers of knowingness. And so when you go deep enough, you realize that we all reach the same core. And that's really what it's about. It's that journey to the center. The longest journey any of us will ever take is the journey from our head to our heart. But it sounds like that's exactly what you're saying to me, brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> you 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 said it much more artfully than I could have, but yes, that that's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> oh no, no, sir, no, sir. I look, I I definitely love the way that you flow, brother. You straight flowetry, but but yeah, tell us more about that, like that. How to dive deeper in, and for myself, let me put myself on, and let me be all uh, unapologetically authentic. Look, I'm a deep sea fish. That's just what it is. I know, I know, I'm a deep sea fish. I've been trying to find and understand and understand the the universal code, the cosmic code that's out there. They say God is a mysterious God. I always, from childhood, sought to understand the mystery, you know, and that has led me where I am now. And so with all of the 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 understandings that we have, the one area where I'm blocked, or I block myself rather, or this it's in a blind spot. Is the exact area that you speak of when it comes down to financial abundance. Every other area, knock that out of the park. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Jackie. Look, mm, I'm a Babe Ruth. That thing. You know, I've been practicing. You know, ready. You know, battle tested, war ready. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. But in the area, for some reason, of finances, that's always been the greatest struggle. And I know that there's also trauma around that too. So. When you begin to talk about the unconscious and the conscious, it had me thinking, you know, like to this day, when I get a bill in the mail, my my skin, my skin crawls, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it don't yeah. even matter whether I have it or not. It's just yeah. and I know that that's attached to other memories, yeah, you know, I'm just below the surface stuff, below the surface stuff. So speak if you can. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to to a person that? knows the code, but for some reason is blinded to it in this, in one slice. And ain't it just got to be finances. I brought it to myself just to be, you know, yeah. vulnerable and put it out there. But, you know. Well, the thing is, even from a, a financial perspective, a lot of times whenever we are placing our focus and our energy on things, a lot of times we attach negative energy to that thing, which we know that fear is 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 a big one. You're in doubt. All of those beliefs that are beneath the surface that would say it can't work out for me. And the thing is, is that programming, that internal programming that's there, if that's not addressed and not dealt with, then it's going to continue to follow the blueprint it has been given, even if it was given to, even if that blueprint was given when you were a child. Uh-huh. You know, it, it will not go and reassess the validity of the old information, you have to do that on a conscious level and you have to challenge those beliefs that are internal. And when you have them, you know, you have to uproot them by saying, okay, what beliefs do I have that is not serving me? And when you identify it, you have to look at the evidence. Okay, well, how do you know that? You know, it's like, you know, you like it's like, it's like you might say, well, making money is hard. You know, you, you know, you or you got to work hard to make money. Like, well, how do you know that? Uh-huh. Okay, like, what proof do you have that it's hard? What evidence do you have 
that is hard. I, I did a little demonstration with my with, with my boys uh, to kind of teach them. You know, I'm like, money can come easy. And and they, they came to visit me on, on separate occasions. They're now, now 17 and 21. But they came to visit me on each for each one of them. You know, I had had a conversation went on for a while about money and and I kid you not, <laughs> my hand to God, you know, I love it. You know, I wanted to illustrate something about how easy money could come. And I went, my son followed me. I, I was thinking, I'm like, I, I thought I, I want to give him $100 to show him that money doesn't always have to come from hard work, that it can just show up, you know. But, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, I'm gonna, I, was, I was thinking, I, know I got some cash, right? And I, he literally followed me from my bedroom, through my bathroom, into my closet, walk-in closet. And I remembered I had, and I went to my, my dirty clothes that was in there, and I pulled $800 cash out of my pockets. It was sitting in my dirty clothes. They'd been there for two or three days, and I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> and, 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 when I, and he watched me as I pulled it out. I was like, what? And I handed him $100, and I said, hey, you, you take this. And we went back out, and we sat down and talked. And I love it because it, it's, it's been so amazing. It's my spiritual involvement has been allowing me to even bond more with my boys because they want to know more about how God and how he works and stuff. But anyway, getting back to what I was saying is as I talked to him about it, I asked him, okay, well, what, where do you think money comes from? And, you know, I hear a lot of different people ask the question and they, you know, you know when they ask that question, they say, okay, well, money comes from the government, the U.S. Mint. Or they say it comes from the hills, you know, where they had gold and that was the foundation of it, you know, or it comes from trees and paper they make. They have, and, and the biggest thing I want them to understand and I want my boys to understand was money doesn't come from any of those things. Money comes from source. And for me, source is God, you know. And the thing is, if God is unlimited and he is infinite, and we have so much, I go on for days about the infinite abundance of God. We see it in so many areas. He never designed for there to be limitations on us. That's why he gave us the ability to think and says, as we believe we can have. So it's, it's only limitations is our ability to conceive and believe in, in our mind. And so the thing is, I start, you know, I had began to look around, you know, just at nature and all different things. And as I rolled down country roads and stuff like that, and I looked at, okay, how many trees are out here? And every single one of these trees have green leaves. How many leaves are on all of these trees? And I'm looking at hundreds of trees from, and there's just thick woods on both sides. And, and I'm like, man, all of these leaves, it's abundance. It's like they have their own versions of, of abundance, what they need and what they want, it's there. They are sprouting and and, and they're going to have seeds, it's going to produce seeds and so on and so forth. And when I think about all the minerals that are in the world, there are people that are at the bottom of hills, bottom of mountains, and they're, and they're scra scrambling and fighting each other, competing to get the crumbs and the dust of what they see as prosperity, when if they could go to the source, which is in the hill, if you so to speak, if they go into the mountain instead of staying at the base of it, they could get an unlimited supply that was beyond their ability to previously imagine and just would meet every need. Yes, sir. That's when I got asked the question. I mean, I, that begs the question, you know, playing devil's advocate here. So what do you, what do you, how do you say that to a kid, you know, who was born into poverty, you know, I mean, and just savage inequalities, you know, how do you say that to, not how do you, you say it the way you say it, but, you know, yeah. help, Help understand. How yeah. How do you break through to that? 
Okay. For one thing, like I said, as I was doing with my boys, you know, I, I, I put some money in their hands and, 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 and I gave them the money ahead of time. And then I went on to have the conversation. They didn't know what was coming up. And I was asking about money. I asked them about their beliefs about money. Does money come from working hard? They say, well, you got to work hard, money, you know, make your money, et cetera. And, and there was a time in that I could ask a question. I said, well, I just gave you $100. Did you work hard for it? Said, no. Did you have to do anything other than show up here to get it? Because if you hadn't showed up here today, I wouldn't have gave it to you because I wouldn't have seen you, you know. You know, but you're here. So, you know, you 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 said I need to check on dad. So something inside you told you, go by and check dad. You didn't know there was anything, a blessing coming, but here you are and here you have it. Did you do anything other than follow your inner guidance that said, go see dad? And the thing I learned, you know, that, that helped drive it home for my children. You know, but the thing is, when you are trying to drive it home for yourself and you didn't don't have the benefit of those type of examples from somebody like I didn't. And you probably didn't, you know, didn't have anybody who. Could. Oh, oh, no, Pops, Pops, he would. Yeah, he would drop it. Yeah. Okay. Pop, now, he, you know, we were impoverished. Yeah. Let me let me just get props out to Pops. You know what I'm saying? Moms and Pops, moms and Pops. Like, But especially Pops, I remember times where he would give like when he would give. Oftentimes I would also receive the money with with Lent because he would give it, but that's because he never wanted to experience the pain of poverty, even though we were at one point in time considered impoverished. Now that because, you know, the, the I have three other siblings now that we out of the house that he can at least enjoy middle-class life for the most part. But yeah, no, no, no. He, I had that example of receiving, you know, even though we didn't live in abundance. Yeah. Well, I probably said that, the wrong way, and I apologize for that, but mainly what I was talking about, because, I mean, my dad's a pastor, and he's always said, you know, he's always dropped what he knew knowledge-wise. He would say, you master the English language, you can choose your job. And when he learned better that, you know, you can own the job, he started saying, hey, look, you don't have to uh, choose your job. You can be the boss. Mm. And he started driving that home and it expanded our, our visions, you know, and, 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 you know, I have, you know, other siblings and they're doing very well with their lives as well. But the thing is, even though he would drop it, he, 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 he could drop the idea, but he didn't necessarily know how to tell you how to get there, so to speak. And that's what a lot of us are, are lacking is the knowing or the inner knowing or the understanding of how to get there. Mm. And when you began to realize that that God is not somebody or, or the universe, how you refer to it, is just somebody that's out in the distance or something that's out in the distance that you just call upon when you had a state of emergency in your life and you need a bailout because you don't have a solution or a clue on how you can get through it. You can actually call on it and you can tug on that energy, if you will, even for the smallest little things, because. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off. Yeah, you, you, you can tell on the energy for the smallest little things. And because we know how important God is and the universe is, if you will, we think, hey, we don't want to bother God with our little small insignificant things. Now, true enough, there's some things we can handle on our own. But the Bible I read said, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct that path. So I figured little things too. That's kind of goes in the close of all, you know. So, so I removed that limitation about not being able to go to him for small stuff. And when I realized I could go to him for small stuff and I could get results, 
then I started trying him on bigger things. Like, you know, I remember the first time, you know, I was wanting to, 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 to make a particular move and I was starting to come into the understanding of, uh, of how much love God has and how he wants uh, to give us the desires of our heart. Mm. And as, as I started learning how to put that into practical action and learn how to tap into the love and the gratitude and the understanding and appreciation for the things that I already have and having a, a clear vision and with clarity of what I desire to have that I may not have in my possession, I started trying with small, medium, bigger things, you know, trying to say, okay, well, hey, look, you know, if, if it is like I'm learning and like I'm understanding, like I feel like dropping my spirit, I know I have the faith to apply for, you know, I remember trying for some cufflinks, <laughs> you know, with no big, with no big deal. And, I, and and then, so at the same time, it's like I, I applied faith in different levels to different things because, you know, it requires smaller faith for smaller things. But I had cufflinks on one thing, uh, on one side, then I had a new iPhone, something medium that I want to get that I had got around because mine was, had, had, then had a chip in the back, broken, crap, you know, but it was still working, but I, I wanted a new one. And then there was this other $15,000 thing that I, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah it was, it was that that particular thing, I actually, no, it was $40,000. It was a big thing. Hmm. So small, medium, small cufflinks, you can see by comparison, it's nothing compared to the medium of an iPhone, which can be $1,000 or whatever, or, or, or in comparison to something else, it might be $40,000. It's a big difference, a big differential. So I'm learning and I'm applying my faith in, and, and, and I'm learning how to really get a very clear and vivid picture of what it is I'm wanting and what it is that I'm wanting to have. And I, I'm not expecting it to just be handed over to me necessarily, even though that can very well happen. But the, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish, finish, finish that. I got something. Even though that can very well happen, I'm an advocate for having a plan or, or, or a process or a blueprint that you're at least following. You you got to at least have, when you have your clear vision, the truth of the matter is you don't have to know all the steps, but you should have a baseline plan on how you aim, intend to aim towards it and then trust your inner guidance to tell you when to take a ramp off, an uh, exit ramp, and take a detour. And then you follow that guidance from there. So you have to have something that you're looking towards and a path that you're following. And that's where everybody gets caught up in the how-to stuff. And they start grabbing all of these uh, uh, courses and, and books and things. And they try to learn because they're trying to figure out, okay, I need a plan. I need a strategy. I can travel down. And the thing is, because they were created by other people with other plans, other systems, other end results that they wanted to accomplish, they don't perfectly align with your vision or your purpose, which you may have not even discovered yet, because you can't discover your purpose unless you discover the connection you have to your purpose, uh, you know, which is through your source. And so through that, you will get those guidances that are taking taking place. And I know I kind of shifted a little bit in, in answering the question, talking about small, medium and large. But and you stop me anytime because because, you know, my mind goes a lot of different directions because I, I see a lot I love of it. Things. Hey, I love it, brother. I love it. Let me let me just say this. I had this down there because it's just a segment we're going to talk about. You know, we're going to break this up into segments. And so the bridge between religion and spirituality. And so you and I, you know, we pre-K's. You know, for those of y'all who don't don't know, y'all should know by now, but I'm a pre-K. My brother here is a pre-K. And so I hear you mention things that you were taught in the church. And and then I hear, of course, the, the words of a spirituality. So real quick, can you tell us what the difference is between religion and spirituality? Religion is 
is more so a how-to process of how you practice serving your divinity, of how you serve and worship your version of God. And that's why there's so many different religions because they have their own different ways of how you're supposed to approach him and how you're supposed to deal with him or how you, you know, and when, you, when you're following religion, it's like, hey, there's, there's an entity, some say it's just one, and others say there's, you know, three, you know, you know the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But then you have, you want to say Jesus was invited them all. When you call the name, that, that one name addresses the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So, but, but those, are, those are deviations in religion. And religion is based upon process, based upon, which is based upon the information they had at that particular time. And the thing about religion, is that, you know, as I, you know, I can only speak about my religion thoroughly, you know, but when I think about my background and where it came from, you know, in Christianity, I know that Jesus was Aramaic. He spoke Aramaic and and that he didn't actually speak Hebrew or Greek, which was what the Bible was first trans- written as, Hebrew and Greek. And when Jesus did his works, everything was written like 70 years after the fact. And there was a transition from Hebrew to Aramaic in which Aramaic has evolved into Arabic as of today. But throughout time and throughout the years, different words have different meanings based upon the the, 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 the era that that word came in and the interpretations are different. So you have a, a man that we serve as, you know, recognizes our savior and he's Aramaic and he has a Greek and Hebrew translation of whatever he said and did during that time, which is not, uh, and it was 70 year difference. So there's some things that can shift. There's some understandings that shift along the way. And then those Greek and Hebrews are translated to English in the King James version, which then there was the iterations and changes that took place, even in that verbiage that took place in the era of that creation. Mm. So there's all of these slight shifts that's taking place. Every time it's like passing a message on and on. Everybody play the little game, you pass a message around the room and see how much it changed before it gets back to the original person. That stuff can happen. And sometimes you can lose pieces of truth that might have been there before that just dropped off when somebody convinced it or paraphrased it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, into how they understand it for their era. And the thing is, is what understanding that that these little things, okay. Well, one one big discovery for me that that made a, a I, I, I was raised up basically King James Version Bible only. You know, that's what I, I grew up on. Mm-hmm. And as I began to understand that, hey, that's not necessarily the only version of the Bible that is accurate or has truth that is believable, that aligns in the same word. But when I was going through, you know, places like Bible Hub and stuff like that, you know, they had tons of different Bibles that hold truth inside them. And as I was reading through every single one I read, probably out or looked through, probably out about 30 of them at the time, I was just going through, everyone was saying, you know, something different than one part of King James Version I saw, where the King, the King James Version said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him are supposed to hear him in spirit and truth. And, and that's fine. And when you say God is a spirit, a spirit sounds like an individual. So as you know, it, it made sense why we look at him as some place different and having to reach out to him. But the thing is, is once I was going through the others and just just to put a little note here, in 1988, they did the new King James Version, which brought it more modern to our way of thinking and understanding. And that version 
says that God is spirit, like all the other versions of the Bible that I was looking at. So so it's more in our today now. So it's not saying he's a spirit, it's saying he is spirit. And that opened the door to understand that he is spirit. So everything on a material level that we touch and see has an underlying spiritual nature beneath it, because everything we experience that we've created as man has, has, has originated from a thought. And thoughts are in the spiritual realm. And that's why he says in the Bible, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So we say we have a changeless God. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But on the surface, we think see these material things changing. So even though our material form and the form he chooses to take may change, the spirit that underlines all of the material foundation is Alpha and Omega. It's the beginning and the end. And it will never change. Energy can neither yes. be created nor destroyed. Exactly. And understanding that God is spirit, not just a spirit, we understand that he reached into himself to pull out everything that took form. So when we are as a man or woman, we speak from the perspective of separateness. Yeah. Yeah. He allowed us to have individuality, but he placed a part of him into us, which is that spirit, that life that animates our body. And then we have the soul, which is in that connection, which I see through Christ, you know, we are able to tap into the soul through Christ and reach him to 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 tap into our faith and ability to allow what we are envisioning in our spirits to take form. Because the same word, same scriptures talk about, you know, how the 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 the, the things that we are doing, the things that we have, you know, and and. and are a result of our own thinking. And there are several scriptures that relate to us as gods in the sense that uh, us being created of the same creative substance, because if you think about it, consciousness is spirit. It's, it's spiritual life. You know, where, where do we store our memories? You know, we, just, we access those memories and, and they come and, and, and those, those that, that spiritual thought form can take place in the past. Yes, sir. Hold up. No, 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 no. Look, consciousness is spirit. Yes. I just need that to saturate with them for a second. 